Welcome to this space inspired by the exercise of the three good things, where you'll find content about personal development and the seeds you may use for your personal growth. My name is Gray, and in this episode, I had a conversation with Jess Talbert, a chronic illness coach, where we shared our experience with chronic illness. We talked about triggers and how we've learned to live with it. At the end of the episode, she gives three great tips to live a healthy life. You're listening to Three Seeds. Well, today is a very special episode because in the podcast, I have a very, very special guest and we're going to talk about a topic that is very, very important. It's about health. And I know that it will resonate with a lot of people out there, a lot of people who follow this podcast. So without any further comment, I'll let her introduce herself. Jess, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Jess, for those of you I don't know, and I am a chronic illness mindset coach. And yeah, we're on here today to talk about chronic illness and really just lend our voices to let everyone else out there with chronic illnesses know that you're not alone. And I know that sometimes it can really feel that way, but I have been living with a chronic illness for over a decade or just about a decade now. And it took me six and a half years to be diagnosed. And then from there, it took me a really long time to figure out exactly how to get healthy again and start living a life I was excited about. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for, for sharing that. And thank you for accepting the invitation because I feel like there are not a lot of spaces that open up about these topics. And it's so important to talk about this because a lot of people uh, actually experience chronic illness and they feel weird talking about it or sharing it because there's not a lot of information out there. So do you want to share a bit more about your chronic illness journey and what are you currently doing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I was actually um, in high school, just about to graduate, and my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And prior to that, I was a super healthy person, um, athlete, our family ate fairly well, um, just really great childhood. And then when my, my mom was diagnosed, I started to get sick. And then my whole chronic illness journey started with being a mystery patient for those six and a half years. And all through college, never quite understood why I wasn't feeling well and just really felt like I didn't fit in. And alongside that, just having to cope with my mom being really sick and eventually passing away, which was just really hard. Um, And after she passed away, I just decided that I didn't want to live my life like this anymore. I didn't want to feel sick and sad and alone. And I was convinced that I had chronic Lyme from all the hours and hours of research that I would do about my symptoms. But a lot of doctors would dismiss me and say that it was so unlikely that I had chronic Lyme. So I, I never got tested. 
and I had to seek out a doctor that was willing to test me, which is finally what led to my diagnosis. So that was really validating and it felt really good to finally have an answer. And I think a lot of people and probably you can relate is when you get a diagnosis and somebody finally tells you that you have a disease or a condition, it's a moment to celebrate. <laughs> and um, I think that can be really confusing to a lot of people, but it feels really good to be, to be validated and have that celebration about finally knowing how to move forward and knowing that, you know, hopefully there are treatment options to explore. And then I decided that with my chronic Lyme, I didn't want to go the Western route and do antibiotic IVs. And I actually took a natural approach doing so many different things um, and just really trial and error, which was hard. But the biggest shift for me was when I really started to work on my mindset and making small changes around my lifestyle and also to stop living in denial of the fact that my life was just going to have to look different. And I was never going to be that healthy high school girl ever again. Yeah, I think what you just say, it's so valuable, because sometimes we feel like there's something wrong in our bodies and with our health, and we approach to health professionals. And this was my experience too. I went through many health professionals to find out what was going on and there was no clear answer and it drives you crazy and it's kind of discouraging because then who do you turn to, right? If the health yeah. professional can tell you, if you have the feeling that something's off with your body, just know that you are your own expert. You know you better. So you have all the right to go and say like please get me tested on this or there's something wrong even if they say like there's nothing like there's something wrong I know it yeah definitely I love what you just said just being your own expert and I think something that I really realized during my health journey and seeing so many doctors is that yeah that you can't expect a doctor to know everything and you can't expect them to necessarily help you. And I think that's something just in our culture as humans around the world, we kind of have doctors, um, we look up to them in being these all-knowing people that will be able to have, or they should have every single answer, but that's just a really unrealistic expectation to put on any one human in the entire world. Um, and it can be really frustrating as a patient to go around and spend a ton of money seeing all sorts of different people. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to be your own medical professional and call the shots. And um, I think a lot of people as well will go into a doctor's office and they'll lay out a treatment plan and you just don't feel you're just you're scared or you don't feel quite right about it, or you're worried it's not going to work and it, maybe the um, backlash from that treatment could be really bad. Um, and being able to say, no, I don't want to do that is perfectly fine, you know, unless you're hospitalized for something that's really urgently serious. I think you have every single right in the world 
to say no and thank them for their time and seek out somebody that might give you a new perspective and then really start piecing together what works for you from a bunch of different people. Yeah, that, that's right. And I also want to say that now that you were sharing about the holistic kind of uh, way or approach, right, and not going all Western medicine, mm -hmm. I think that that's also valid. Just as you have said right now, you know, like a person can't hold all the knowledge of the world, of mm -hmm. all the diseases, right? Mm -hmm. So it's totally valid to try to find other paths, you know, and It's not just that, oh, because it's not Western medicine, then it won't work. At the end of the day, you have to find what works for you. And it could be Western, it could be Eastern, it could be a mixture of both, you know, um, yeah. it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. That's yeah, definitely. And I think as well, something that's really overlooked is people, most people with chronic illnesses just live in a body that hurts all the time. And that feels really unpredictable and out of control. And a lot of the focus is on those physical things that are happening. But I think a lot of times the emotional and mental health aspect of chronic illness is ignored and just not at the forefront because it's hard to be positive or feel optimistic when you're just in a body that hurts all the time. And so taking a holistic approach of being able to approach your chronic illness in with kindness and also feeling like it's okay to not be okay with it and um, really addressing the emotions that come along with what's going on can really have a snowball effect to health you yeah. know yeah totally and I'm so glad that you said that and I do believe that this is a part of education and society again because I feel like we are not used to see ourselves as holistic beings as integral beings you know we are either the body who is hurting or we are the mind who is overwhelmed and stressed and everything or we are the emotion which is like the hard part but we never think about ourselves like we are all of those things together we are a result of all of those things. So the second that you start disconnecting yourself from any of those, that's where the imbalance comes to play, you know? And I feel like people keep seeing it as like, oh, this holistic thing, it's way too spiritual or way too religious, you know, or way too woo or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's not like that. It's even science you are all of these kind of things you are all of this and if you want to have a healthy life like chronic illness aside you have to be aware of all of these parts of yourself as per my experience you know um I haven't shared it a lot certainly not in the podcast <laughs> but I have lichen which is a um, skin chronic illness I do believe that I've had it for a long, long time because I can remember these kind of episodes even when they weren't that big. It was kind of always there silently. And then when I had this massive change in my life, when I moved to Australia and all my world changed and depression hit in and this massive like dark time in my life came in, it was this like abrupt disconnection from mind and body and emotions and everything that's when it became 
real, like the flare-ups were massive now. And I knew that something was wrong. And I went to see many specialists, but they were all like, oh, it's eczema. Or, oh, I went to see a, gyne a gynecologist and it was like, oh, it's just an infection. And I was receiving treatment for all of these things, but nothing was working. So, of okay. course, it hasn't, like, it's not that, right? If it's not working, it's not that. Um, and I had it not just in one part of my body. So it was hard to spot exactly what illness was it. Basically, I was diagnosed only like two years ago, probably. And yeah, I, I can relate totally to that, like feeling of feeling validated and seen and feeling like, okay, now I know what I have. Now yeah. I know what to work on, you know, or what do I have to pay attention to? Uh, and same, like I started with medical treatment because it was like, um, when I went there, they told me you have to use this cream for the rest of your life, basically. And that was really scary because I was like, I, I wasn't expecting that I have to use this cream forever. And I know that this cream is not exactly good on the skin for long periods of time, but that's my best shot, right? That's the best thing I could do for myself. I was really lucky to have one women who came to me in a women's circle. And because I shared my experience with chronic illness, she told me, she's a psychologist, and she told me, you should look at the connection between the mind and the emotions to the skin. And that was the solution. That was exactly what I needed. And now I don't recommend, and I never say don't use medication because I'm also a pharmacist, like mm -hmm. by my profession. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that medicine can be so important Absolutely. to support your life. But I do, I do talk about my experience when I say that right now I don't medicate myself because I don't need it right now. There was mm -hmm. a point where I was doing both, like a combination of the cream and the holistic. And when I felt more comfortable with the holistic one, I just left the cream. But, yeah. but it, it's just like kind of finding what works for you and what feels good to you. Yeah, definitely. I, I love what you said there, because I think there is definitely a time and place for medications. Um, and sometimes you just need relief, you know, and that's okay. Um, and then I also think that there is a side of medications that it's just not able to do. <laughs> and it can um, kind of be a band-aid for things and it can really, really help conditions. And some people do need to be on medications forever. And, you know, that's okay too, as long as it feels all right for you. But then there just, there's this whole side of wellness that's so ignored. And um, I also really like what you were saying about how when you moved and that was a really dark time for you. And that's when you kind of peaked in your chronic illness. Um, that's something I also think is not talked about a lot is trauma triggering chronic illness. Um, for me, my mom being diagnosed was my trigger for my chronic illness. And I think same to you, looking back on my childhood, I think there was definitely signs present of Lyme, mm -hmm. but it's probably just a little bit more dormant and my body was able to handle it. But then when I went through this huge traumatic experience, 
my symptoms skyrocketed and I got really sick. So um, I love asking people what was happening in their life around the time your chronic illness really peaked or started. And it's amazing to me how so many people will say, Jess, I've never thought about it, but you're so right. X, Y, Z was happening. Um, and I know for me that working with a therapist through the last two years now has been hugely transformational in my healing process. And I think as well, all of the natural IVs and supplements I was doing, I think it really helped those work. I would like to ask you, how did you manage to get to that place where you are right now, where you are so comfortable talking about what has happened and your illness? Yeah. So in terms of just talking about my chronic illness, I guess I didn't realize for the majority of the time I was really sick. I thought I was alone. I thought that I was the only person in the whole world that was in their 20s unable to go do anything and just feeling really disconnected from people my age. Um, and then it wasn't until I actually started feeling a little bit more brave about just coming out with the fact that I have a chronic illness. Um, I started realizing that I'm absolutely not alone. And it was also to the point where if I was going to maintain a friendship or date or be around family, I couldn't hide it. <laughs> it was just, there was no way I was going to be able to hide the fact that I had all these things going on and that I wasn't going to be able to participate in the way I wanted to. And I just really started feeling like I needed to admit to the fact that my life looks different and um, I need to start getting comfortable with this. And if I'm not being myself, you know, this is who I am right now. And if I'm not being myself, that's so exhausting and just sends me in a spiral of loneliness and even flares. So um, yeah, once I started just becoming a little bit more open about the fact that I wasn't the picture of health um, and stopped living in that denial, I started realizing more people were in the same boat as me and felt the same way. And then the easier and easier it just got to start talking about it. I definitely felt a lot of shame around what was going on with me. I think um, especially because I was trying so hard to be really healthy And I don't know if, if you ever experienced this, but I know that a lot of people do. And you see so many doctors and a lot of them will give you like this really strict food protocol or, you know, I had weight gain was one of my symptoms and it was really embarrassing. You know, it was like a physical thing that I couldn't hide and it wasn't a reflection of my lifestyle that I was living. And a lot of people would ask me if I was like, secret eating at night and like give me a meal plan that was really low calorie or really strict in a certain kind of dietary lifestyle. And then I started getting um, like just eating disorder kind of things. You know what I mean? Um, and the more strict my food was and the sicker I got, the more weight I was gaining. So I felt a lot of shame around the fact that everybody in my life knew that I would eat like 900 calories a day. And everyone knew that I was 
you know, like 40 pounds overweight. And um, there's a lot of, there's a lot wrapped up in that in feeling embarrassed and mm-hmm. ashamed and having what's happening to you and how people see you not be a reflection of what you're doing or who you are on the inside. And it can be really hard. Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad you just said that because that ties up to the fact that you are just trying to do anything, literally anything to make you feel good. But I do feel like it's a part as well of like, if people were talking more about it, if I had known anyone, anyone that would have the same thing that I have, that could relate to me in a sense of like, I know what you're going through. And I had it as well, probably. And I don't know, like, at least I understand what's going on. I would have felt less scared. And I feel like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like all of these things, it's just like a cycle. You probably got it because you were disconnected already from your body. But having it makes you hate your body. So that Mm -hmm. creates more disconnection. So it's like a, it's like a constant cycle of like being disconnected. And the more you want get to it you know the more you want it to be healthy the less results you get because you keep like hating your body and blaming your body and then you're like why is my body doing this to me instead Mm -hmm. of thinking what can I do to work with my body to you know get to that point where I feel comfortable with my life (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information. Yeah. I don't know. Is there something else that you would like to share with the audience before moving to the three oh. seats? Well, if I would share one thing, I would say, you know, be your biggest cheerleader. You totally got this and you could be your biggest cheerleader and you also don't have to do your chronic illness journey alone. Um, finding support whether that be in your family, friends, or reaching out to make a new community, you don't have to be alone. And it's just a matter of you saying, hey, and, you know, going up to that, it's like going up to that person at the dance and introducing yourself (laughs) and feeling really nervous. But, you know, some great things can really come from that. And um, my door is always open if you need that person in me. I love having conversations and connecting. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah, that's true. I think with the online uh, world and social media now, it's so easy to try to find Mm -hmm. and spot these kind of communities. And I think it's so valuable just to connect and find people who understand what's going on and just share opinions and everything. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. All right. So I would love to hear your three seats. (laughs) I would say number one, again, be brave enough to be your own advocate. You know, your voice matters and your opinion matters and your body matters. Your existence matters. You know, you can love life again. I know you can, you just really need to speak up for yourself and be that person Um, second thing I would say is make things simple. You know, health doesn't have to be complicated and really simplifying things down can give you the space to heal and also, you know, create some big change 
in your health. So whether that be just starting with drinking more water during the day, and then maybe in a few weeks, adding on to that with a new habit, just starting really simple. You'd be amazed how much progress you can make with so little. Yeah. Um, number three, my third seed is don't be afraid to have big goals and dreams. Even if you have a chronic illness, um, you can absolutely do anything you've wanted to. It just may look different than you thought it would, but having those goals and dreams and being okay with being brave and going out and trying to do that is so important and just reverse engineering it in a way that's really realistic for you. And, um, in a supportive way, because we, it wouldn't be a goal and a dream if we got there and we had a flare. So, you know, just really being able to break it down in a manageable way. But I, I, I just encourage you to dream big. Life can be really fun, you know, lean yeah. into it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Jess. Uh, share with us your social media so that people can follow you. Yeah, my social media, I'm on Instagram at Jess Talbert. So J-E-S-S-T-A-L-B-E-R-T. And yeah, reach out to me, introduce yourself. Let me know that you listen to the podcast and um, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's create community. We, yeah. we need it. We need community. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Instagram handle is at Grecia Corbala. It's just my name. And um, yeah, just reach out to us and let us know what you thought about this episode. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all in a new episode next week. Bye.